Hello, I'm Roger Baker, Stratfor Senior Vice President for Strategic Analysis at Rain. This podcast is brought to you by Stratfor Worldview, Rain's premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Sign up for our free Worldview newsletter at worldview.stratfor.com. Welcome to Rain's Essential Geopolitics Podcast, powered by Stratfor. I'm Emily Donahue. The drought in the western United States is likely to last at least through the fall of 2021, and rain may not even end the conditions there that have been building for decades, such as density, higher temperatures, and changes in rain and snow patterns. The drought is so extreme that the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation recently declared a water shortage on the Colorado River. Here to discuss the impacts of that decision and why it was made is Rebecca Keller, Stratfor's Director of Analyst Operations at Rain. Hey, Rebecca. Hi, Emily. So let's talk about this decision. It seems to have been heard around the world. Why now and what does that mean? Right. So um, it's a very technical reason for for why now. Um, when looking at the, the water budget for 2022, the Bureau of Reclamation saw the levels of Lake Mead and Lake Powell, the two major reservoirs along the Colorado River that serve the southern states in that basin. And those levels were low enough that they triggered the alert for a water shortage. And what that means is that um, the states and the users of that water with the most junior water rights, i.e. the water rights with the least prioritization, will have to cut back and will not receive the same allocation um, that they have in previous years. Um, Taking a step back, the Colorado River Basin is seven states that agree to share the waters of the Colorado River, which is often referred to as the Mississippi of the West. It's a lifeline for those states um, and the agriculture and the growing urban areas in in that that, um, part of the country. But getting states... In fact, getting cities, let alone states, to agree on who gets water that's, you know, coming across state borders is an incredibly difficult negotiation to have. And so the current allotments were actually agreed upon um, very early in the 20th century um, and have been modified slightly since. But the majority of the decision making was made in the 1920s. And in the 1920s, it was a very wet decade for the Colorado River Basin. So when those um, officials were deciding on it, they were using numbers that were frankly way off. So even without the massive pressure of a drought on the Colorado River Basin that we're having right now, that river is overallocated. There's just it, too much water is promised to too many people for what is sustainably there. And so this has been a looming issue that the Bureau of Reclamation, that those states, especially Arizona, California, and Nevada, knew that they were going to have to deal with um, in the coming decades. Now, I will say that this this, this shortage declaration did happen um, much sooner than I think some people expected much sooner, a couple of years before people expected. And, and that is in, you know, due to the climactic factors at play. Rebecca, I remember a drought about 10 years ago in central Texas that was so bad um, that the river authorities were cutting water to farmers downstream. I assume that must be what's happening now. Who else is hurt by this? Yeah, no, I think uh, the the consumption base that will be the most hurt, the ones with the most junior water rights, are agricultural producers in Arizona. 
Um, so they'll have to adjust their planting um, and adjust their, uh, their water sourcing. Um, so the agricultural industry in Arizona, where you see sort of alfalfa and cotton growing, that's, that's where we'll see a lot of the pressure. So can I ask yeah. why Arizona and not California or other states? Right. So that's where the water rights debate comes in. And so it was, um, there's a lot of back and forth. I think it's Mark Twain who the quote is typically attributed to beers for drinking waters for fighting over and, or something to that effect. I think I butchered it, but um, that's, that's the effect of the quote. And, and really that's the, the Colorado and the history of the Colorado river basin exemplifies that um, Arizona is the junior water partner. They came into the deal later than California. The farmers in Southern California were using the water um, prior to, to Arizona. Um, but that actually is a very heated discussion and heated debate between those two states because California doesn't, most of the consumers of the Colorado River water in California do not technically sit in the water basin. They use canals and artificial means to move the water into the Imperial Valley, which is a massive um, agricultural center for the United States um, and actually the world that exports a lot of agriculture as well. So it's it's basically who got the water first, and that's sort of the ranking of the right. So Arizona sort of comes in last in, in that way, um, and then the Arizona farmers. Now, Arizona does have some groundwater that in the short term they can, um, the farmers there can use to uh, to replace the water that, that they're going to be missing from, from the Colorado River Basin in 2022. But that's not a long-term solution. Those, those reserves are also depleting. So it's, it's really comes down to looking at um, how they consume water, what's being grown there, and you know, in the coming decades, looking at behavioral changes um, for the consumption of water in the Colorado River Valley. So, yeah, I mean, in Texas, when this happened, it was rice farmers that is a water-intensive crop, as are cotton, alfalfa, and if I'm not mistaken, the almond groves in California. So, I mean, we're looking at probably changing what is grown. Is that right? That's one possible solution. Um there is also the possibility, and we have seen this, especially in, in those quickly growing urban areas, of changing how water is priced. With other commodities, we see uh, price factors and price pressures really deciding on how consumption works. Looking at the demand for oil and gas, for instance, you do see some fluctuation on that um, depending on the price. Now, with water, it's often considered a right, and in some in some ways, it, it it's a it's a necessity for human life, and there is that aspect of it. But when it's being used as an input for agriculture, when it's being used as an input for industry, if we're looking at the costs, those are not set to the levels that would drive demand decisions. And so, if we need to have water, um, if we need to conserve water and look at ways to conserve water and better, more responsibly use our water resources, not just in the Colorado River Basin, but elsewhere in the, in the country and even in the world. Um, countries, states, localities need to look at pricing water more effectively um, as a tool to adjust that, that water demand and that water usage. So what comes next? Well, I think it's it's that pricing. I think it's that pricing debate. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I also think we're going to see um, technological solutions. Um, 
I, I don't think that agriculture in these areas is going to flat out stop. We might see alterations of, of what crops are going, but grown, but I also think we're going to see a surge in, you know, water recycling. I think on the coast, as desalination technologies improve for human consumption, desalination is going to become a greater, a greater input. So I think, I think it's adaption, adaptation, and then yes, these creative policy and regulatory tools that um, help make more responsible water conservation because it's not an unlimited resource. It is a finite limited resource and it hasn't been treated as such for much of human history. And and doing that now is I think the shift and the public shift that, that needs to come next, much like the the shift we're seeing um, in public acceptance and business pressure to uh, adapt climate change behavior and add climate risk into business making decisions. Um, Water availability, water as a commodity, that kind of risk and factoring that into decisions of um, urban planning, of of agricultural planting decisions, that's going to be an increasingly important factor in a lot of those business decisions. Rebecca Keller is Stratford Director of Analyst Operations at RAIN. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thanks, Emily. Stay ahead of the state of water supplies around the U.S. and the world and how they contribute to global geopolitics. Sign up for the free Worldview newsletter from RAIN. Find out more at worldview.stratfor.com. That's worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.